Welcome to our Nobazul First online worship for Sunday, June 21st. Today we're starting our worship series called God is Still Speaking, the Ten Commandments for Today. We believe in these uncertain times, the Ten Commandments can call us back to our faith foundations. And because they are the dynamic words from God, they can still speak to us in today's world. So let's share in our call to worship now. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of God's salvation from day to day. Declare God's glory among the nations, for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Praise the Lord.
Let us pray. How great you are, God, full of grace and love enough for all people, past and future. We ask now, God, that you fill us again with that grace and love, that we may take it into the world with us, that our hearts would cling more closely to you and your kingdom through worship here and now. We praise you, God, for your love is steadfast, never failing, always calling, always reconciling, always forgiving. Help us today to be like you, God, filled with an endless, unfailing love. May these acts of worship this morning be reminders to us to praise your name for the rest of this day, the rest of this week, remembering both your love and grace as well as your righteousness and justice. We come to you, God, ready to follow your lead into the world, growing your kingdom, loosing chains of injustice, freeing the oppressed, feeding the hungry, for we know in all these things we worship your name. In all these things we do for the least of these, we do for our Lord Jesus Christ. As we worship you now in praise and song and prayer, may we continue to worship you this week in loving mercy, walking humbly, and fighting for justice. Amen. Good morning. I'm Pastor Mary Eileen Spence. I'm one of the pastoral care pastors here at Noblesville First, and it's a joy to be with you this morning to share in worship. We've now come to that time in our worship where we are share our prayer concerns and our joys. And for our concerns this morning, we want to lift up Sherry Evers, Virginia Gamble, and Carol Hurley. They need prayers of healing this week as they recover from successful surgeries. We would also ask that you pray for Thelma Harbor, who is having a procedure on Wednesday to remove some skin cancer. Also, Joe Fenimore was involved in a car accident on his way home from the Grief Share picnic, and so we would ask that you would pray for his healing too. He's um, banged up. He didn't have to be in the hospital. We would also ask for continued prayer surrounding the COVID-19 virus, and especially as we continue to move back into life together. Along with this, continue to pray for the Black, excuse me, the Black Life Matters movement and discussions. And on this day, our joys, we have three. We would like to lift up, of course, that it's Father's Day today. And so happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there or the father figures that you might be in someone else's life. We hope that you get to celebrate in some way, um, even though there may be some constraints in doing so. So happy Father's Day once again. We would also um, ask that you pray for two sets of proud grandparents at the birth of grandchildren. Eva and Brad Spurgeon are the proud and thankful grandparents of Jet Thomas, born on June 12th to their daughter Mary Ann and her husband Gabriel Landis. Also, we would ask that you um, lift up in your joys Jim and Darrell's widow, who are proud and thankful great-grandparents of Elena Kay, born on June 19th to Elena's parents, Carissa and her husband, Andrew Otten. Um, we would also ask that you would pray for those unspoken prayer requests this 
week for those things that maybe we have overlooked as we have continued to be concerned about the COVID-19 virus and the Black Life Matters movement. I would also like to remind you that you can share your prayer concerns using the website link to prayer request or use your Noblesville First app where the prayer request form is also available. You can also contact your pastoral care team for upcoming surgeries or pastoral needs at care at noblesvillefirst.com or the 24-7 care line 317-773-2590 or the church office number 317-773-2500. And now, as we come to this time to prayer, I would ask that you join me in the call to prayer. This is a responsive call to prayer. So I will say the first line and you will respond with the words, Hear our prayers, O Lord. Let our prayers rise before you. Hear our prayers, O Lord. May your grace descend upon this earth. Hear our prayers, O Lord. Accept our prayers with all who praise you this day. Hear our prayers, O Lord. Send your spirit to renew the face of the earth. Hear our prayers, O Lord. And now you can join in the prayer hymn. I believe the words will be on the screen. And it is, My hope is built on nothing less. Let's take a moment of silence as we come to the pastoral prayer to center ourselves as we prepare to lift up on our hearts what, God, what we want God to hear. And now, Hear the pastoral prayer. O Lord, as we join together in worship, we praise you, we give you thanks, and we call on your name, just as the psalmist did so long ago. We give you thanks for the way you are present and work among us. 
We give thanks for those who have had surgeries this past week and now are at home recovering. We pray for continued healing to their bodies. We give you thanks for babies born healthy and pray these precious children of yours may grow into whom you call them to be. We call on your name, O God, for those who seek to be healed as they seek healing through the avenue of medicine. We pray for them to be at peace and assured of your presence and that you hold them in the palm of your hands. We give you praise and thanksgiving that here in our state, the COVID-19 virus is said to be slowing down. But we call on your name, O Lord, to help us to remain diligent in our commitment to protect one another by practicing those safety measures that might keep us virus-free until there is a vaccine that will give us the freedom to gather together in larger numbers, especially to worship you as your people. We pray this prayer not only for ourselves, but for others everywhere in our country and around the world. As we see a resurgence in the number of cases we begin to live, as we begin to live and work together again. May this be a reminder to us that all is still not well. We pray for patience as we wait for the vaccine or the miracle of the cure. We pray, O oh God, to keep everyone safe. We give you praise and thanksgiving, O oh God, for those ways you have been present in the struggles of the Black Lives Matter movement. We call out to you and praise that we seize this moment to truly change our lives and the systems that allow the injustices of our society to oppress others due to the color of their skin. Open up our minds and our hearts that we might be willing to listen, hear, and act in those areas that we need to change within ourselves in order to bring about the changes needed to bring justice to those who suffer under our current system. For without change within individuals, there will not be change in systems. O oh God, enlighten us and draw us to be people who live your command to love others as we love ourselves. Lord, we also pray for those who work for or are responsible for law enforcement in any way. We give you thanks for their service and ask you to help us to remember there are individuals who seek to be just and compassionate as they serve our communities. We lift our prayer in earnest desire that their efforts be rewarded with positive results. And for those who have not had the, their best, the, the best interest of others at heart, O oh God, we ask that your mercy and our forgiveness and your forgiveness be theirs. We pray for them too. God of justice, we pray again that mercy and compassion along with wisdom and discernment will be given to all those in authority and leadership who will be involved in all the legal cases that result because of this Black Lives Matter movement. May the movement of your Holy Spirit work in mighty ways so truth may result and justice will prevail. God of us all, 
as we lift up these petitions to you. We pray for all the other needs that have been left unspoken in these moments. Confident that you know what else is on our hearts as we pray the prayer Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive others. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For our announcements today, first we'd like to challenge you to consider memorizing the Ten Commandments. Jeff Wright's working up a process that rephrases the Ten Commandments in a way that is faithful to Scripture, but will help you memorize these important words from God. And remember that while we're planning on opening live worship out of Teeter today, this online worship experience will continue every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Our weekly prayer gathering will begin meeting again tomorrow and every Monday from 11.30 to noon. Enter the building through door number one. And next Saturday, June 27th, the Teeter Farm Market will launch from 9 to 12 each Saturday. You can order your produce online and then receive contactless pickup at Teeter, or you can still go in person and see what is available. The stand will be located at the front of the farm just off 221st Street. Now at this time, let's listen to our children's message by Laura Clausen. Hey, can you see yourself? This is a mirror. Mirrors have been around for hundreds of years and they pretty much have one job and that's to reflect. They reflect lights, colors, and images. Can you imagine what it was like before they invented mirrors? They probably only had a lake or a pond to look at and even then that's not very accurate. I don't think you have blue or green skin. The best mirrors are flat. They have the best reflecting surface. They can show things the way they really are. God wants us to do the same thing, except he doesn't want us to reflect ourselves. He wants us to reflect the image of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is the only perfect being, he came down to live on this earth. We're not all perfect, and we accept God's grace because of it. If you reflect Jesus with your actions and what you say, people will see what it's like to become Christian, and then maybe they'll want to become Christian too. Some people may not like what they see. There are a lot of Christians around the world who are not liked because they reflect like Jesus and not themselves or like the world. You have to use Jesus as your role model and he will reflect himself through you. You can make the perfect mirror that people will be able to see what he is like and what Jesus is like. He is kind, he is thoughtful, he doesn't do bad things, he loves all people. Can you be like that? I know it's hard sometimes, but just to be like a mirror in front of an object it's reflecting you have to stand in front of jesus to reflect his image so next time you look at yourself in the mirror think about how you can reflect jesus's face today our stewardship moment today comes from the idea of planting god is consistently planting ideas in the hearts and minds of people that will help expand the kingdom god planted an idea in ruth teeter who left her farm and land to the church. God planted the idea to build a lodge and cabins on the grounds that are used for retreats and worship services and gatherings that bring communities together. God planted the idea of a worship space at Teeter that has connected countless people to God. 
God planted the idea of a new organic farm in Pastor Aaron, who saw the idea that idea grow into a ministry that is truly the hands and feet of Jesus to our community. God planted motivation to work that farm into the many volunteers that work the farm day after day. God planted a call in Jonah Tab and Katie Rogers to come and offer their expertise in organic farming and continue to grow this amazing ministry. And we plant seeds in the ground and in pots and in planters that grow into real sustenance for those in our community. And through people following those ideas that God planted, Teeter plans to donate at least 10,000 servings of vegetables this year. I hope today that seeing the growth of ideas planted into individuals that have grown into amazing ministry and community will encourage you today to act on the ideas God has given you. Which leads me to our opportunity to serve today. Teeter is in need of blankets for the cabins. Both twin and full-size blankets are needed, and we're asking that for these to be just blankets and not comforters, as they'll need to be washed regularly, and washing and drying comforters adequately is a strain both on our volunteers and our machines. If you have blankets that you can donate, we ask that you please drop them off at the church office. As we move into our time of offering, which is available through our website, our app, or mailing a check to the church office, please join me in asking God to bless these gifts. God, lead us to focus on your kingdom. Help us to see reconciliation that is happening around us. Encourage us to join in the growth of your love in this world. Drive us to action to bring justice and peace to our communities and the world. When we give of our time, may it be spent growing in love and loosing chains of injustice. When we give our talents, may they shine as gifts from God that show your love to those who experience them. And when we give our money, use it for nothing but your kingdom's expansion, God. We ask now that you bless these offerings from your people. Amen.
Please remember to take advantage of the Faith First that you'll find on the front page of our website. Go to the Worship tab, pull it down, and you'll find that Faith First. It's got scriptures that help you carry on the discussion we've started today. And it will also uh, provide you some questions to think on for your personal spiritual reflection, or you can use it in a growth group. I want to thank Dr. Jeff Wright for working with us and trying to find a way in this COVID-19 world to learn the Ten Commandments. It's not easy to do. At our live worship at Teeter, we're not going to be able to use printed materials. Um, we can't sing there. Uh, but here in the comfort of your own home, you are welcome to sing along. So we hope that you'll use the advantage of song to help connect those words to your minds. Uh, I mean, remember how you learned those important things, like the alphabet. I still remember A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, E, L, M, N, O, P. You know how it goes. Well, hopefully by connecting these Ten Commandments with a tune you already know, the words might stick in your brain, so hum along and sing them. Well, we're going through this interesting exercise because we want you to know that the Ten Commandments were meant to be memorized. Deuteronomy 6, 6-9 says this, These words that I am commanding you today must always be on your minds. Recite them to your children. Talk about them when you are sitting around your house and when you're out and about, when you're lying down and when you're getting up. Tie them on your hand as a sign. They should be on your forehead as a symbol. Write them on your house, house's door frames and on your city's gates. So much like we've learned the 23rd Psalm, the Lord's Prayer, the Apostles' Creed, the Ten Commandments were meant to be memorized so that they're on our minds and in our hearts at all times, so they influence our thinking, our decisions, and our behavior. They're not meant to be reduced to a list that's put in a courtroom or posted on the lawns of the county courthouse. They were meant to be heard and pondered and reflected upon, so they influence all that we do. They provide substance to Jesus' words that are found in that golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The Ten Commandments are the foundation of the rest of the Jewish Torah law. Much like the laws are based on the Constitution, the rest of the 613 laws that are found in Leviticus and Deuteronomy, they flow from these Ten Commandments. They were meant to be studied, debated, and applied to everyday life. Not a static list or rules, but as life-giving, dynamic words which inform our living and guide our moral decision-making. Unfortunately, the Ten Commandments have become a battleground between church and state. Many Christians fight the, for them to be posted in public, but they've spent little time pondering their meaning for our lives and our actions. If they're not more than a list, then they've lost their value for our lives. I believe I made reference uh, to a man in my first charge back in Mesa, Indiana before. His name was Norwin. Well, late in his life, he discovered that he had cancer, and he suspected that he would not live long, so he called me over to his house. He wanted me to plan his funeral. He was the one who told me to begin his funeral by saying, here lies the empty shell, for the nut is gone. <laughs> well, his funeral came about a year later, and I did as he wished. I'll never forget the looks on the faces of those in attendance. And then I shared that Norwin had asked me to make that statement 
to begin his funeral, and they all shook their heads in agreement. That was something that Norman Norwin would do. Well, it set the tone for how Norwin wanted to be remembered. But even more, I remember from that conversation, not just that crazy request, he shared that he wasn't sure about his eternal destiny. I remember his exact words were, well, I guess I'm all right. I've kept the Ten Commandments. Well, when I heard him make that statement, we had a long talk about how our faith is based upon our relationship with God. The assurance of our salvation is not based on rules like the Ten Commandments. They are something that comes from a trust in the God who has reached out to us and wants us to be his people. And this is my hope that our time with the Ten Commandments this summer will not be about splitting hairs over what each commandment means to determine if we're morally correct. I hope we discover their life-giving power. These are dynamic words meant for us meant for people of every time who choose to be God's people. And if we fully appreciate this first word from God, then we, are to, we need to place the giving of these commandments in their historical context. We need to understand them in light of which they were originally spoken. And if you remember the Hebrew Scriptures, we know that God started with a special relationship with Abraham. He formed a covenant, calling him that he and his ancestors would be blessed so that they can be a blessing for the rest of the world. And then a famine forced this emerging ethnic group to migrate to Egypt. You probably remember the twists and turns of Joseph's life that landed him in the royal court in Egypt. Joseph and his growing clan then lived in peace for many, many years. And then a new dynasty came into power. The people who did not know Joseph and the Hebrew people, they were placed in bondage. Most of us are well informed about the great exodus and the rescue of his people. As children, we are enthralled about the stories of the baby Moses in a basket. We remember the man Moses and his burning bush experience, which called him to lead God's people out of slavery. And then according to Exodus chapter 19, on the third new moon, after the Israelites had gone out of Egypt, they came in the wilderness to the foot of Mount Sinai. And Moses goes up the mountain at God's urging, and he receives these ten words. These are, in the Hebrew, literally called the words of God, not the commandments of God. And Think about the importance of these words to a people who have never governed themselves. They were born into slavery. They know they want their nation to be different from the world they left, whose economy was built upon the backs of slavery. These words from God are cherished, They're intended to be freeing, life-giving, the foundation for a just and moral society where every person is valued. In this context, these are not ten separate moral commands intended to be heard as individuals. It's not about us trying to pass a test, some exam to prove you are worthy of God's love. These words are the basis for a community, a special community that will not only bring life to the individuals who follow them, but to foster a society where all persons can thrive in relationship to God and one another. I wonder if we can find some parallels in our world today to those Israeli groups who are starting over. We're living right now in a world that has been turned upside down. We realize the world has changed in some ways forever, and adjustments will have to be made. 
our racial tensions have made us realize we need to try and look at the world through the eyes of people who are different from us. Maybe it's a good time to look again at the foundation of our faith and morality. These ten words from God provide an opportunity to ask ourselves some fundamental questions about life and how we should live together in this world. One thing you'll discover if you dig into the Ten Commandments is that while we all agree there are ten, there's not universal agreement about what the ten are. The Hebrew is not always clear where one command ends and another starts. They kind of overlap one another. For example, in today's passage, some treat verse 2 as part of the introduction, making verse 3, which says, to not have other gods before me, the first commandment. And then verses 4 through 6, which talks about idols, as the second commandment. Orthodox Jews and some Protestants believe verse 2 actually is the first commandment. And verse 3 belongs with verses 4 through 6, because idol worship is the behavior that goes with having other gods before the one God we call Yahweh. Either way, what is important to realize is verse 2. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. It sets up the covenant relationship that the Ten Commandments are. Everything God calls us to do is a response to the loving and extraordinary act of God who freed the people of Israel out of slavery. They've been set free by God in order to be a people who will bless the rest of the world. It's a dramatic way of saying we love because God first loved us. God reached out to those Hebrews first. And the benefit of his grace grace that brought them freedom is what motivates the rest of the commands they're expected to follow. Hopefully the Ten Commandments will become the same for us. Our covenantal response to God, God may not have brought you out of Egypt, but many of us can make similar claims that God has released us from our own sort of bondage. My motivation to serve God and obey these commandments first came because God filled me with the unconditional love I needed when I was raised in a family that could not express that love. For others, God delivered them from the bondage of addiction. To others, God saved them from an obsession to succeed. If I ever find any of these actions or decisions, these Ten Commandments may inspire with me difficult. All I have to do is remember what my life was like before I found the love of God. All that will follow in the commands we will be discussing this Sunday, this summer, are our response to the God who declares, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Good morning. Welcome again to Noblesville First. I'm Matt Hantelman, one of the pastors here at Noblesville First, and I'm glad you're joining us for worship today. Like Jerry said, the Ten Commandments provided a base, a foundation for the way God expected people to interact with God and interact with people. But I do want to point out that these commands were given to the Israelites, for the Israelites. The point of these commands was to teach them and those that came into their fold how to live, not how to try and force others to live. When we think about people who break the commandments, the only way to do that is to have knowledge of them. The Bible even says that those that don't know the law will not be judged by it. 
So as we journey through these commandments, keep in mind that they are meant for the audience of Jews and eventually Christians to follow and keep, not as a moral policing for the world. Said differently, these teachings were for the people who followed this religion, not meant as rules to convince us that other religions were doing it wrong. Whether or not other religions are wrong is a whole different conversation, but for this topic, that was never the point of these commands. And today, looking back on these commandments, we can see that the Ten Commandments are a fleshing out of the greatest commandment, according to Jesus. Consider Matthew 22, where Jesus is asked about them. It says, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And he, Jesus, replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You must love your neighbor as you love yourself. All the law and prophets depend on these two commands. Rabbis were known for having favorite commandments. And with over 600 of them in the Old Testament, the people were interested in what their teachers considered most important. But Jesus here doesn't just give important commands. He says everything, all the law and all the prophets depend on these two. The word here for depend is literally to hang from or to dangle. Without these two commands, love God, love others, Jesus says nothing else matters. The first four of the Ten Commandments then expound upon love God. And the last six on love others. And then the 600 plus commands given through the rest of the Old Testament are further exposition on these ideas. They continued to make laws that would help answer the, well, what about this situations that would come up? And we do this today. We have laws on the books with so many caveats and exceptions that lawyers go to school for years just to argue who really broke the laws. These what-if questions help form all of the commands that follow in the Old Testament. And then the Jewish people continued even more with the Mishnah, which described the meaning behind the law and provided an additional barrier of rules. And what I'm saying is that the entirety of the law, all of those caveats and additional rules and all of that in the Old Testament, and the entirety of what the prophets taught and warned can be summed up into love God, love others. And everything else is just expounding on how to do that. And over time, people turned these clarifications into simply their semantic parts the command might be, don't work on the Sabbath. And then the Mishnah would describe what work meant. And it was specific. According to William Barclay, a New Testament scholar, people would circumvent the law and the Mishnah using these semantics. In his commentary on the book of John, he says, to tie a knot on the Sabbath was to work. But a knot had to be defined. The following are the knots the making of which renders a man guilty, the knot of camel drivers and that of sailors. And as one is guilty by reason of tying them, so also of untying them. That's what the Mishnah says. On the other hand, knots which could be tied or untied with one hand were quite legal. 
And further, to quote the Mishnah again, a woman may tie up a slit in her shift, and the string of her cap and those of her girdle, the straps of her shoes or sandals of skins of wine and oil. So suppose a man wished to let down a bucket into a well to draw water on the Sabbath. He couldn't tie a rope to it, for a knot on a rope was illegal on the Sabbath. But he could tie a woman's girdle and let it down, because a knot in a girdle was quite legal. But these semantic reasons were never meant to be the point. As we journey through these commandments, I invite you to always come back to the greatest commandments and see how these things fit into those. How does no other gods before me or don't make idols fit into love God? How does do not steal and do not murder fit into love others? During our Sermon on the Mount series, we talked about Jesus turning a lot of these things on their heads. He would say, you've heard it said, and then give a commandment, and then say, but I tell you, and turn it on its head in some way. In all of those examples, Jesus is moving the commandments away from a checklist, much like what Jerry was talking about avoiding, and more towards an examination of our heart. These things are not about checking the I didn't murder someone box and more about I didn't hold on to the anger that made me daydream about that jerk in my life suffering. Because you can't do that and be building good community. You don't have to murder someone to not be building good community with people. And this is true throughout the commandments, because all of them come back to love God, love others, which can't be a checklist. It's an ongoing move towards the reconciliation of all things back to God, a move away from strife and evil and sin that has infected the world and back to peace and justice and truth, which means something very important as we continue this series. Because if the whole point of any command that we read in the Bible is to move us towards reconciling creation to God, then any interpretation of those commands that leads to the opposite, to more evil or more division or more death, is by definition antithetical to the purpose God has for us. Loving God and loving others should never lead to more oppression. Loving God and loving others should never lead to more separation. Loving God and loving others should never lead to less community. So if something we read takes us down that path, we need to seriously think about the direction we are going and ask if that continues to line up with who God is and what we know of God through Jesus. As we journey through these commands, I invite you to think and wrestle and question and engage and discuss. Come together with people in community and call on the Holy Spirit to lead. And I believe we will grow as a community in love and kingdom building. And I'm excited to go on this journey with you. Amen.
Now go with his blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Go. Cool.